are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Please calm down. Throws bin. <laughs> I'm not going to calm down. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the 7th of October, 1999. Big Daddy is number one in the UK chart. I never thought that was much of a film. Do you really? Say? Adam Sandler I did, one. I thought, not, not the UK wrestling say, legend. I thought Giant Haystacks was the God. singer out of the two. I stole your joke. I trod all over <laughs> it. Rather like Big Daddy. <laughs> all the cool kids are apparently playing Pac-Man World. Oh, never mind. And yes, the third podcast in the row. April 65's <laughs> Blue in brackets, Dabba D in bracket, is still number one. And who says that my plan to buy as many copies as I can didn't work. It's still there, baby. I thought you were lying, Tom. Nah, mate. I control the means of production. Right. <laughs> well, then, Curry Graves. <laughs> but all while that is happening, while all the cool kids are listening to that song whilst playing that game and then stop playing that game to watch that film, <laughs> there was a show. Oh. A little show. It's called, I have to check my phone because someone's forget. Uh, Smack Down. All one word, Tom. Very weird. Well, Meltzer used to think it was two. Oh. In the old episodes of The Observer, he was writing Smack Down with two words. Well, if it's on TV, it must be Very true. true. Smack Down hit its seventh show in canon. But what happened on the show? Is the British Bulldog on it? <laughs> yes, it is. Does he get his <laughs> tail shot? <laughs> Whatever happened to Shasta McNasty? <laughs> All these questions and more can only be answered on the Cutlerholic Smackdown recap. Joined as always by the fantastic Tom Campbell. Welcome to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review. That's what it was make. called. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Just throw it to me. I'll do the name. Says it in the thing as well. People have clicked it. They've seen the name already. You know what? Yeah, by this point. <laughs> no, at this point, they'll stop listening. They just want to know, is Eiffel 65 still winning? We've got a poll going on in the office, which you'll remember first. The name of this episode or the email address to send to Coltahack. <laughs> 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 My bet is on neither ever. <laughs> well, at least that's a video one. It's like, and the name of this podcast is Matthew Points at Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and sadly, we have to... Put the uh, put the brake on, not the gas. Put the brake on the hilarity, because this episode oh. ends with the sad news that Gorilla Monsoon has passed away. That is a gear shift, isn't it? I know, right? Wowzers! Yeah. So, um, yeah. When we get into, we'll get into the rigors of Friday Night SmackDown for this week in a short while. Do you want before we get into it a few bits from Wrestling Observer this week? Do they exclusively confirm that Monsoon is dead? Or um, Well, do you know what? In this particular one... It's kind of awkward they... if they say, well, we're not sure. Well, and Dave goes, well, he might be dead, he might not. Um, 
Um, a, f- a few bits from Wrestling Observer and before we get into the rigors of SmackDown this week. Uh, this week, uh, this th- just a few days ago, the WWF wrestlers packed their bags for Birmingham in the United oh, Kingdom yeah. as this past weekend, WWF Rebellion, a UK-exclusive pay-per-view event on Sky Box Office, emanated from the what I believe was the NEC. Or was it the NIA in Birmingham? The national, either the National Exhibition Centre or the National Indoor Arena. While I'm I guessing check this, the NIA. Please continue. So uh, on this, and this, this was a bit of a thing that WWF started doing around about this time, and up until sort of 2003, where they decided this is this is rubbish. Let's stop. Uh, they loved to do UK exclusive pay per views. The first, of course, being one night only, the night where uh, Shawn Michaels got his title shot against the Bulldog and uh, beat the Bulldog in the main event. That's uh, more. You know, that's that's another subject for another time. Uh, so then we went into this series of basically house shows that you pay 15 quid to watch on television uh, from this particular night at Rebellion in Birmingham. Uh, Jeff Jarrett defeated D'Lo Brown for the IC title. I seem to remember from watching this... To retain the IC title, I apologise. I remember watching this live, and I remember... Uh, my dad being very interested by this because Jeff Jarrett walks out with Miss Kitty at the very beginning. So immediately, dad's vested interest. Uh, I remember also D'Lo Brown emanating from Birmingham. He said he was now residing in Birmingham. I forgot England. he did that, yes. Uh, also, The Godfather <laughs> beat Gangrel. This this feels like such a house show. Yeah. Um, Val Venus beat Mark Henry. Battle, Battle of, of the Sexes. Battle of the Sexies. <laughs> uh, Ivory defended her women's championship against Jacqueline, Luna Vachon, and Tori. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho defeated Road Dog. Uh, China beat Jeff Jarrett by DQ. Uh, Kane defeated The Big Show. Uh, the British Bulldog defeated X-Pac. Edge and Christian beat the Acolytes and the Hollies to retain their number one contendership for the ice for the tag titles, I believe. I, I may I, have that wrong. No, I don't think that's correct. I might be wrong. And uh, Triple H uh, defeated The Rock in a steel cage match uh, for the WWF yeah. Championship. Also on this night, British Bulldog defeated Stephanie McMahon's <laughs> short-term memory with the trash can. <laughs> This was the night where a yeah. big, they, one of the very few occasions where on a uh, UK only pay per view, a relatively big angle went yeah. down. Yeah, and this will come up later on in the show when it comes up. We were going to uh, think about watching this, however, as you can tell, it's just yeah. a house show. And you are right at the NIA arena. Well done. And yeah, why were they doing this? 13,500 people in attendance to see this. We, we loved it. WF oh God! Well, we absolutely well, loved it. We've so. talked about this on this podcast in the past. The industry was 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 so um, crap at this point <laughs> in the UK, and that is with love to Johnny Storm, Jody Fleisch, Doug Williams, who were putting this industry on their back to keep it afloat in very choppy times. But it was a really tough time for wrestlers in the UK late nineties. Uh, so when the WWF rolled into town, yeah, it drew big old numbers. Yeah. And this is because it was on Sky Services, which is the subscription service in this country for watching. Well, it is until recently. I was going to say, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm setting this here. It's 1999. Of course, yes, we're in 1999. I'm paying £14.95 to basically watch a UK version of Smackville. Think on that. That's basically what this is. Uh, More bags were packed this week. Unless you watch oh, so rebellion. rebellion, I don't remember anything apart from the bulldog thing we'll come to. And the main event, which I think, if you're going to watch anything from this show, because like I said, there's not much else to talk to other than, oh, that was good. That main event, I remember being fun because they brought outside the ring, Triple H was bleeding, and The Rock got on the mic and says, That is not the blood of a champion, that is monkey piss. <laughs> 
and it stuck with me for years. I don't remember that line. I don't know how you can That's forget incredible. it, Tom. I, 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 I tell you the lines I do remember from that. I remember, where's my title shot? You call that a title shot. We'll get to that later. Um, I also remember The Rock saying, finally, The Rock has come back to Birmingham. <laughs> like, almost getting the pronunciation wrong. And then on commentary, Michael Hayes calls it Birmingham. And then JR corrects him and says, actually, it's Birmingham. And then Michael Cole does a proper Brummy accent and goes, Birmingham? <laughs> And which JR responds with, we're not in Alabama. I remember that. I don't remember the monkey piss line, which makes me sad. That's a good bit of doing your research. It reminds me when Bischoff, I think of one of the last, maybe in Insurrection 2003, in sunny Newcastle. Oh, yes, it was, wasn't it? Bischoff we, said, we killed the UK yeah, pay-per-view market. Bischoff has the lie. Ah, see what it was. He goes, he looks at the crowd and goes, wow, I thought... I thought the UK was suffering from mad cow disease, not fat cow disease. <laughs> Bunch of Geordie lasses going, Oh, we're Bonnie Lad and Shite. Get your set now, Greg's lad. <laughs> and that's the women. <laughs> was that the night as well where Jericho did um, Talk is Jericho? Not Talk is Jericho. Um, the, his chat show. Yeah, the highlight reel. The highlight reel, where he did the whole the Spice Girls, the Rice Girls, the Nice Girls. Where he was, and did he, am I no, right thinking? I'm already did. He went. Steve Austin says like, if you want to see me beat up Chris Jericho, give me a hell yeah, hell yeah. And Jericho's like, if you want to see Jericho beat up Austin, give me a do what did he did he do and they did it. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe they did that. <laughs> give me a give me a Sunderland is brilliant. Killed it. <laughs> chirp, chirp. Oh, <laughs> Kevin Nash and Triple H headlined. It was, it was sensational. Oof. Um, also, uh, packing their bags in this particular week was Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara. Is this a week? They packed their oh, bags God. for Atlanta, GA. Baddest streets <laughs> in the whole USA. Uh, Russo and Ed Ferrara, according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter with the unflappable Dave Meltzer. Uh, the men who were responsible for writing WWF television shows uh, that have been drawing huge ratings for the past year abruptly quit the company and signed on with WCW over this past weekend. Russo, in various interviews, cited the burnout factor of working so many hours with the added stress of the SmackDown show as the main component for his approaching WCW. First through J.J. Dillon and then closing the two-year deal after lengthy meetings with Bill Bush on the 2nd of October, signing the contract in Atlanta the following day. He went on to Wrestle Line, which I believe was the Wrestle a, Line. The Wrestle Line. I think Mean Gene Oakland was running that as a I've, side bitch. I've not heard about that freaking <laughs> thing in years. Wow, sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so basically on Wrestle Line, <laughs> on Wrestle Line, he cites how drained he was from uh, being on call 24 hours a day for three years to Vince McMahon. Uh, it'll be many years before we get the story of. Uh, Vince Russo saying, I'm tired. Oh. I'm not there for my kids. To which Vince McMahon says, why don't you just get a nanny? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Father of the year. Uh, Russo and Ferrara start officially with the company on the 11th of October. So, so just a couple of days after this SmackDown. Uh, however, plans for Halloween Havoc are already laid out. And there's no changes expected until after the next pay-per-view. So Vince Russo and Ed oh. Ferrara are gone. And, uh, and I think there was some concern, some scuttlebutt in the industry that this was going to be a massive game changer for yep. WCW. I mean, it was, but not for the reasons <laughs> that we may have thought at the time. Yeah, a lot of people thought this would be sort of the end of the end days for WWF. Yeah. Lots of, lots and lots and lots of been discussed about Russo, not so much Ferrara, who would like to point out at this junction that uh, one of his credits is for the adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon. 
No. Absolutely. Ed Ferrara did that. And I added him because it's like. Oh. I think I actually remember is it the, the 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 case of the missing high tops, written by Ed Ferrara. I know it goes. It's like, anyway. Yeah. Why? Why be it's sad like, about that? That's incredible. Because he's. I think he wrote for Duckman as well, so he had like a background in TV writing. A good writing background. And as we know about WWE now, they're like, you know, hi, I've been a wrestling fan for years. I've ah, oh, get out of my way. Hi, I wrote Duckman. <gasps> <laughs> exactly. So, um, we all thought he was the Barnacle Boy to Vince Russo's Mermaid Man. <laughs> Shows that's us. That's good. Shows us. But, uh, yeah, I think I've more experience than Russo now. I think about it, but yeah, <laughs> much been written about this. I'd rather see and Vince Russo, Russo write Sonic the Hedgehog and, actually. Okay. Bro, hear me out, bro. Sonic the Hedgehog. Teams with Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. Bro, they turn on tails. Yeah, I was about to say, episode one, Hear me season out. one. Uh, <laughs> Sonic, <laughs> Sonic turns heel on tails. <laughs> but he's faced by the end, and uh, <laughs> they reveal a new character uh, who ki is killed 20 minutes in, but then brought back to life three months later. Uh, bro, uh, hear me out, bro. <laughs> episode two, Sonic comes out with shades and a tuxedo. I don't know any of you an explanation. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I digress, but... It's it's such a complex thing to go on about when even people got SmackDown to be talking about, and this is something we'll bring up later on and all this. But yeah, Russo and Ferrara did a really good job of bigging themselves up. We were the reasons they got big. And for a while, before everyone had the, uh, their own podcast and the internet was prevalent as it is now, we all went, oh, they're, they're, the, they're the thing laying the golden eggs at the minute. Yeah. If WCW gets them, then they'll just fix all the problems. A few things. One, Russo did have many great ideas, but he needed a friggin' editor or two. Mm. Uh, two, nothing that anybody could have done could have saved WCW at this point. Russo gets a lot of... I mean, the whole criticism Russo gets is absolutely deserved. However, he is not the only person that, like... What's that thing about uh, Caesar dying at the hands of Brutus? Brute? Two Brute. And, like, and, like eight other things. lads are all knifing him. It's like... So, saying that Russo killed him is like saying, oh... Brute killed Caesar. Yeah. Also, these eight other guys with huge knives in him. It's like, yeah, you know, he helped, but it wasn't like he's the only guy who did it. Um, and so, and this is very prevalent because WWF keeps on getting better quality-wise of this next year that we experience. And WWF's quality <laughs> decreases. It's like putting batteries the wrong way around. And one of the best examples of Rousseauism is, I love saying ism, like we know about Enochiaism. Well, yeah. Rousseauism is he came up with great ideas. But would and it's amazing to look at now. They would have to come up with the finish later. Yeah. They never had them written down. So the higher power, it, Vince was the last resort because issues like mankind didn't want to go bad. Jake Roberts declined, and so they didn't have it written down. They wrote it and put it on TV. All right, right. What's the conclusion? Which is amazing to me how fast like pace this was. And they wrote down test will marry Steph. Okay, well we haven't got an idea yet. Oh, okay. Bulldog, quick, use amnesia. Well, there was actually there was there was <laughs> this was one of two two storyline um, uh, U-turns that they were yeah. looking into for this. What was one? The other was that Tess was going to sleep with Terry Runnels <laughs> on uh, on the night before the wedding, and that was going to hold off the wedding. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Melter mentions this and says that the, 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 the one that they went with was one of two ideas they were bouncing around for how they were going to sort of <laughs> curtail this storyline. Jesus Christ, they could have been like the Holly cousins. She'd be like the Crash Holly detest. <laughs> plastic, plastic face, uh, blonde wig. Oh, God. It's quite the look, isn't it? <laughs> it's quite the thought. It's quite the thought. 
But I, yeah, to go back to what you say, it's the 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 <laughs> idea of putting um, the idea of putting the storylines on telly before you've really finished writing them is crazy. Right. But I kind of, in a weird way, applaud it. I find that sometimes I'm a bit Russoist in my life. In the sense that if I like if I'm um and I'm about doing something, I'll just do it. I'll just start, and then once I've started, I've just got to do it. Then, like true story, the, I, I, the when I started here, like I pitched Wrestling Curiosities, which is the podcast we do on a Sunday, which is I'll write about weird wrestling stories, weird and, and and Adam was like, yeah, great, do it. I said, cool, right, we're doing it. I don't know any, so I best learn some, <laughs> and it was just that thing. And then so I started, and I found a couple, and then I got to like week three, and I went. I need. I can't find. I need to find more. I need to dig even deeper. And it's and it's a, a lot of the times. Like I think because I just went. Do you know what? I'm just going to start. Sometimes we get a little bit. We need a bit of that. A little bit of that starter cap because sometimes we can just overthink something to the point where we don't do it. And and I kind of weirdly applaud Russo a little bit. Having said that, like mate, it's a multi-million dollar company. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> it's nice that you'd say that, Tom. You're you. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, literally. This is Vince Russo. The biggest wrestling promotion in the world right now. Uh, we'll think about it later, Vince. Also, another bag was being packed this year. It wasn't so much a bag. It was a suitcase for court. As, Uh-oh, is this um, <laughs> As WWF Entertainment are filing a breach of contract lawsuit against Martha Hart and the estate of Owen Hart, asking for a dismissal of Hart's wrongful death lawsuit against the company, Damages in excess of seventy-five thousand plus dollars, uh, law, plus lawyer, plus lawyers' fees for a breach of contract, and at worst, a change of venue of the Brett Hart law, of the of the Hart lawsuit in Connecticut. So, chance they want to move where the court case is happening to Connecticut. Apparently, um, the WWFE's grounds for the lawsuit are based on Owen Hart's signed contract of July the first, nineteen ninety-six, which requires that any and all claims, disputes, or other matters in question that arise from or relate to the contract have been adjudica- have been adjudicated in Connecticut. So, I, I don't. I must admit, I'm not entirely sure what spurned this. I know on the Monday, WCW ran the Owen Hart tribute match. Right. And I have a feeling that there's some connection there. They ran they ran the Kemper Arena for Nitro, and that was the night, this Monday just gone, in this timeline, where Bret Hart faced Chris Benoit in the main event. With Harley Race's guest Hart, ref. Yeah, yeah, in the Owen Hart tribute match. And I have a feeling there was some cons- there was some some issue with the WCW running a tribute match for Owen Hart. I don't know why I with, with something that. so That's... sensitive, WWF, who are going to the trouble of hiring Jim Neidhart and a very immobile British Bulldog, why they would choose to play silly buggers over something like this. Yeah. I'll I'll wait till we get more from this. From next week's podcast. More will come out upon this. Anyway, that is... I think is... it is shades of Russoism. Even the court case is getting swerved in the <laughs> yeah, Oh my God, aren't they? That's just... why they employed Bulldog. Right, Bulldog. We need you. <laughs> what? Do you mean me to give you a good... A good reference from Martha Hart. No, we need to throw a bin at her. <laughs> Let's crack on with the oh, show. Crack on the Laugh a Minute podcast of SmackDown. How do we begin? Rip Gorilla. Oh, yes. And also on Nitro, uh, that opened up with Heenan and Tony talking and saying, let's send our regards to the entire Monster family. And then Heenan just very second and says, yeah, we're going to call the front front bit of heaven uh, the Gorilla, gorilla Position. position. And you just see oh. him tear up. I I watch. I remember watching that quite recently. Yeah. And uh, oh god, y- your heart your heart wrenches when you watch Bobby Heenan talk about it. And the moment he talks about the gorilla position, you just see him go. Like yeah. this is a guy that you work with forever who is no longer with us. And it's 
And you, you, I guess being in WCW, you feel so far away right. from it all. Like, it must feel peculiar. But yeah, it was a, do you know what? Really lovely opening package from the WWF. Oh, Vince is lovely in this. Gorilla yeah. Monsoon. I thought that was really One of the nice. finest human beings I've ever had the pleasure of. Oh, God, that was nice. And, and it's true. Like, like his, his spirit lives on the fact that, you know, in, in the, the fact that the gorilla position exists. Right. You know that that says all about the uh, the the lifestyle of of Gorilla Monsoon. Favorite Gorilla Monsoon call? It's I'm glad you asked me this because I've got one in my head. Okay. Uh, there's many good gorillarisms, but because of Satanism, mm. but the one I like the most is it's the one where it's a Halloween episode of Prime Time. So I, I believe Gorilla is dressed up as Brother Love, mm. and he's dressed up as the Genius, and he's like, I can't. I'm gonna take you insulting the genius like this. This was he tries to get up, but he's still got the clip on Mike. So he's like, <laughs> he was grots himself, and then Monsoon comes up a line that I've not heard before or since. He goes, Ah, the two of you couldn't get locked up together. <laughs> I think it's a really fabulous way of putting this. You're too thick to get arrested <laughs> with help. <laughs> so what's yours, pal? Um, mine's a real cliched one, and it's just it was when uh, Shawn Michaels threw Jeanette through the glass window of the barbershop. That whole scene is always punctuated by Gorilla. I know normally we say, you know, show, don't tell. But for some reason, just Gorilla, gorilla just, just describing what happened. Yeah. Accompanied by Heenan saying, no, 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 he tried to escape. <laughs> like everything those two did was, was gold. You dream yeah. as, a, as a commentator. Myself and Matthew work as, as, as commentators together. But you dream of having that kind of, that kind of palpable chemistry that those two had. Yeah. Um, and, and every time Gorilla was with somebody else, it didn't feel quite right. It didn't. It felt. It yeah. didn't feel right. Nothing Heenan did away from Monsoon felt quite I mean, right. Monsoon That's how good Ventura, they were. But yeah, I get what you mean. Sorry, I'm being pedantic. But, but no, I, I even think Monsoon and Ventura wasn't as good as Monsoon you don't and think Heenan. So? No, oh, wow. I think it's Monsoon and Heenan are, are the the dream combo. And I think that. And I don't think anything. I don't think anything Monsoon does away from Heenan is bad. Nor do I think anything Monsoon does away from Heenan. Heenan does away from Monsoon is bad. I just think that like it's not as good as those two together. There's yeah. just that perfect. Uh, rhythm and th- yeah. and and that's what it is. It's a rhythm. It's it's Heenan knowing when to talk, Monsoon knowing when to talk mm. and when to shut down Heenan. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he does. It's that bark of "Will you stop?" that just resonates through whenever Heenan has just taken it a touch too far. Like it's a perfect rhythm. It was almost like Markman Wise, almost like yeah. Uh, Monsoon knew when to play the straight man a lot mm. of the time and beat uh, sort of Heenan for lines and everything else like that. And he's he was very. Well, I'm trying to think of all the monsoon calls. There was, will you stop? Hit him right in the... Will you be serious? Will the... Empaglottis. Oh, I can't even Bread basket. The bread basket. Didn't he birth the whole going to the well once too often? Uh, that, that sounds like a monsoon. Went monsoon. to the well once too often, which um, is whenever you jump off the top rope more than once. Was it bar, bar the door, Katie? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a... When was a brawl happening? Was that him? Uh... <laughs> oh, that's a real... Pier six brawl? Yeah, there we go. Um... Oh, we need two referees for this match. <laughs> I just, yeah, he oh, just, 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 just a phalanx of amazing calls that that man made over yeah. his career, and uh, and I remember seeing him at WrestleMania this year, ringside for the that boxing match for the for the brawl for. Oh, night, God, I thought ninety nine. Yeah, I thought you were getting weird then. Yeah, ninety nine. No, no, yeah. for ninety nine. It's it's so sad because he always looked huge, and he had to grill a monsoon, right? Got to be bigger. To a massive. Extent. And they showed this little little old man. And the graphic comes up, Gorilla Monsoon, you're like, oh. But the thunder of the ovation that he gets. Right, right. I mean, that's that. It's like, it's it's very you know? similar to 
The only thing I compare it to, and this is, this is one of my favorite moments of wrestling, it sounds weird. Rumble 2000's coming up, I'll bring up then. And it's the Rumble swimsuit contest, whatever, <laughs> here's some tits. And uh, and they bring out, like, oh, there's a bunch of people there, Sergeant Slaughter, whatever. And they get mild pops, it's like, is it like Andy Richter's there, <laughs> all this other stuff. It's like, <laughs> and then to see this man with a stick making his way, and it's this ripple effect. It's Madison Square Garden, it's lots of young, completely different audience. The, the Hollywood fashion plate, classy, free, and just the, the oh, mate, the ovation he gets, and you think, wow, like, that pop was so big, people must have been telling, like, dads must be telling their kids, oh, mate, He's cheer. a guy. L lad, cheer. Classy like, Freddie Blassie. And they, oh. He's I'll get guy. an emotional thing about that. Sorry, yeah, man. wrestling. I don't know, stuff like that. No, yes. wrestling's great when it does that to you. I think, and I yeah. talk, I've talked about this a few times in the last few weeks, many since I've come here. Like, it's okay to to love wrestling. We we are so, we get so jaded by it day to day. Yeah. But it's it's nice to be reminded sometimes, you know what? Wrestling's great. Wrestling is emotive and it makes you feel stuff. And it's the fact that there was such a big reaction that that could only be explained by like people telling other people, yeah. no, no, that that's all, oh, mate. You should have seen this guy back in the day. He was, and it was like people who don't even know you, but uh, have seen any of your matches, want to see you, you know, biting Japanese people's heads, whenever <laughs> bleeding, causing people to have heart attacks and die on TV. Because just think when we <laughs> stuff he did, but they're like they're telling, them, no, you gotta respect that. I don't even know who you are, sir, but the respect you get, and I'm gonna join it. Oh, but that, just that think when we're more. older, like in about 20, 30 years time, and we go to a wrestling show, and an old man. Walks towards the <laughs> walks towards the ring, and the ovation ripples around the place, and they go, "Dad, who's that?" And I go, "Ah, oh, that's Seth Rollins. You won't believe the sort of nonsense he put on Twitter. <laughs> Boo this man! Boo this man! How much money have you made, Seth? You probably won't do that." <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, I'm sorry to bother you. What I just always want to say, what I've always hated you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, SmackDown. <laughs> Love you, that, Seth. That was a good. That was a good impression. That's old that's man, like, that's that's old like, man Rollins. That is. That's, <laughs> like, that's slash you doing Ross doing Rollins. Slash Gruntilda from Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, there you go. Slash you. Ross. <laughs> doing Seth. What's that so well? Doesn't even play video games. <laughs> this is FIFA. Anyway. Back to the hottest action series on network TV today, to quote Michael Cole. Shasta McNasty. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Long Island, New York, and we start off with the Kane Xbox combo entrance, which is mm. organ, 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 break it down, doodle doop, which I still like. Uh, Xbox is still drinking the green drink that gets no name. What is the deal with this? Is it maybe? Maybe he's maybe he's fueled by it. Maybe it's some weird sort of battery chemical that he needs. To, <laughs> so therefore, they can't reference it too much. You know, if you'd said that back in the day, like, oh, who would ever drink that? Nowadays, it's like, oh god, give me that. Do we think? <laughs> give me that battery. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was gonna. Say, I was about to say. <laughs> do we think that? It's because it's on the network and it's cut out. But then no, because all the no, other no, no, advertisers no. are in place. Yeah. Like I, unless unless this company odd. turned out to be an absolute like like a, like a like a slave driving beverage company, I don't know. Yeah, the secret ingredient was kids. I assume, <laughs> I assume that old Jesse Ventura said it, and they had to cut it out part of the lawsuit. Mm. That's a great joke for some. Jeff, Jesse Ventura presents thermite paint energy drink. <laughs> 9-11 was an inside job. X Park <laughs> challenged the Acolytes to a four-way match at the upcoming pay per view, which is No Mercy which is in 11 days' time or 10 days' time. They never say it's a week on Sunday. It's it's a very WWF thing to... Does it feel like we've only just had a pay-per-view? <laughs> we have. And even before, ignoring Rebellion, it feels like, yeah, it wasn't 
Yeah. Wasn't a big event just a week ago. <laughs> All has happened. It was, yeah. I think I think it was... Actually, do you know what? Now I'm thinking about it. It's two weeks away. So we're going to get four episodes I did not down. say two weeks. I said 10 days. Oh, 10 days. even worse. <coughs> Sick the script. <laughs> so, like, we're, like, a, we're, like, a week and a bit away. If you need to cough, mate, just cough. It's fine. As long as we're not eating. I don't know I'm coughing. It's all right. You're, like, you're allowed to... Yeah. You, only, you only smoke 30 a day. I'm glad I you... I look down. like I smoke 30 a day. I'm glad you're down from 35. <laughs> so, Xbox is wanting to prove himself. That's why he's had the four-way, supposed to the tag match. Um, tonight, they're going to prove themselves against the other former mystery tag team of Midian and Violet Beauregard. Probably want the title <laughs> factory. The purple light doing Poor Viscera no favours. <laughs> he wears black because it's slimming. <laughs> you should see him in pastel. Oh, he's a chunky boy. <laughs> he's a chungus. Good job selling. How about Xbox feels it getting beat up all the time? wants to prove himself in the land of the giants, as the duet keeps on calling itself. And it's, you know, coincidentally, land of the giants is the second hottest action series on network TV. <laughs> and it's, well, it's a human storyline. Xbox it friends is, with yeah. Kane, but he don't like, oh, you, you know, you, you want to be, you know, with your friends condescending to you. Like, yeah, you want to be able to stand on your own two feet. So that's yeah. what's, what's we're building to uh, a match at No Mercy. Right. And it's a it's a fatal four way match. It's not a tag team match. It's a fatal four way match. I think it's elimination match. Four way elimination well, yeah. match. It's Kane versus X Pac versus Farouk versus Bradshaw. Yeah, uh, I don't know whether they've announced it yet, but we're announcing it now on their behalf. They yeah. have. We're basically the Ryan Satin of nineteen ninety nine. We're leaking it early. How dare you say his real name, Ryan Satan? Is what I'm say. <laughs> and Jack laughs every time, so we know it's a joke. But still, people like, no, it's a satin, Matthew. Like, <laughs> thanks. Uh, X Pac beats up Midian. But he, anyone could do that, so he wants Big Vis. Doesn't want to tag out to Kane, so Kane has to end up saving him by making the blind tag, drop kicking Viscera out of the ring, which must have been very comfortable, Big. and chokes on Midian, which was the opposite of what Xbox wanted. So I still a bit mad at him. That's why he wants a four way match. And while they're bickering, the Acolytes, to no pop whatsoever, beat them both up with the fearsome backdrop neckbreaker, which is nowhere near as effective or cool looking as a double powerbomb. No way. I mean, why Why did they swap this out? Are, we, are they started doing the double powerbomb yet? Yeah. They I, have, I think they? they saw the 3D and went, ooh, we'll have some of that. <laughs> oh, God. They heard just, the trying to, just trying to shut down the Dudleys. Oh, we'll have your 3D, mate. Oh, the 2D. <laughs> oh, quite the same, is it? Backstage, The Rock and Kevin Kelly. Well, I believe is Kevin Kelly's first SmackDown appearance. And if it isn't, then I must have forgotten him because he is a very forgettable... Well, Was he uh, not oh. in the pilot? Doesn't count. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair point well made. I think the only time he was... So he was, he was a backstage guy. Because I think, yeah, Lillian Garcia normally took the uh, backstage duties yes. on her own. So Kevin Kelly... Oh, no, tell a lie, because Terry Taylor was there last week. And yeah, this week. terrible Taylor. He'll be back in this <laughs> one as well. Oh, terrible Taylor. So it's worth mentioning Kevin Kelly's. We've done the last few episodes when someone news appeared and we've gone, oh, they're crap. Um, <laughs> Kevin Kelly still wrestled after this on the indies. He was an independent wrestler. but And it's always funny because he said in interviews that the indies always saw him as the WF guy. And the WWF always treated him like he was the indie guy. Oh, man. But I literally, I don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. And I literally cannot imagine him wrestling in any shape or form. Because he has next door Christian neighbor written all over him. Yeah. I cannot see this guy as a wrestler at all. I have never seen Kevin Kelly in wrestling attire. The idea that Kevin Kelly is a wrestler is actually news to me as I sit here right now. 
I had yeah. no idea that Kevin Kelly worked as a wrestler. And he must he must have gotten that every year for the past twenty years. <laughs> I typed I typed in Kevin Kelly wrestler, and I've been given pictures of nails. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Fun fact: uh, nails is Kevin the, Kelly. The only thing he nailed was Vincent Man backstage. Oh. Uh, his real is was was his real name? Yeah, well, his real name's not nails, obviously, but his. Uh, Whatever name he used. Kevin Warhol. You know how wrestlers are. It uh, was Kevin Kelly. Kevin so Wakeholes. There are two Kevin Kellys in wrestling. Right. That explains why I can't find any pictures of wrestler Kevin Kelly as opposed Put to... Hermie. Kevin Hermie. That's what Rock would call him. <laughs> Shut up, Hermie. Oh, yes. Because... Oh, that was it. Because So The Rock goes through a phase of absolutely tearing Kevin Kelly apart. Yeah. Calling him an ugly hermaphrodite. One of many things on the wrestling show in the late 90s that has not aged that well. Yeah. A but, title match coming up will be very similar. Yeah, moving on from that, though. <laughs> he would, uh, there was one interview where he went, Hurt, Kelly, you're too ugly for TV. And just drapes a coat over him. And then he just stands there with his, mic, his hand out the microphone interview. Just, Rock just carries on like, like a handstand. <laughs> Just absolutely buried. <laughs> buried Kevin Kelly. He was pre-coachman. Anyway, moving on from Kelly. Oh, no, actually, one little point there. Apparently, because Wikipedia page is part of the writing team and contributing ideas, um, he's the guy who came up with the, uh, hey, I've got an idea for the Steph, uh, Steph angle. Oh, really? So he's Apparently the one, it was him. He's the one that threw the storyline Hail Mary to get yeah. them out of the wedding. You're not a Triple H guy. Yeah. Oh, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> then they fired him a year later. Oh, um, bless him. Yeah, so in this in this, be- in this bit of a spiel, The Rock hits all his catchphrases, sells some T-shirts. Uh, he's plugging his match with Val Venus later on. Yeah, he does not sound interested at all. Really doesn't. With the interview, with the match he has with the British Bulldog coming up. He only gets one bit and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your bark sounds like this. Uh, go, 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 go. Uh, and Rock says, yeah, whatever. And he has more animosity and anger and passion towards Val Venus taking his rock sock cock. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I got that all out in one take. And I get why some look at Rock and think, yeah, if he did not want to put you over, you would get the... Because, I think we said it before, Cena and other people criticized for, I'm just going to destroy you verbally and whatever. But there was always the... In 99, people at Rock's doing this, but usually people go, oh, yeah, whatever, beat you up. He gives Bulldog nothing here. And you look at Bulldog, and he's held together with string and prayer and go, yay. I think, he, needed, yeah. he needed help from The Rock we rather all, than abuse We all from get on to, like, The Rock for... A lot of people accuse The Rock of burying Billy Gunn. But, like, he devoted an entire 25 minutes on Raw one night to a, a bit about Billy Gunn praying to God. Like, and, and where is Billy. Yeah, that's it. Bob? It doesn't matter what your name is. But the, the old, you know, the, they say that the one thing worse than being insulted is not being talked about in a, in a position no, no, no. like that. So the fact that, that Rock gives Bulldog nothing is actually a more cutting insult than 20 minutes talking about you praying to God about right. fighting The Rock. Right. But I mean, that, that's a good thing there. But like, there's like Billy Gunn's like, The Rock, I'm going to beat you because I'm Mr. S. The Rock, God hates you. <laughs> it's hardly a fair fight, is it? Even God hates you. Yeah, so yeah, a lot of a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, plugs for Val Venus. Well, or whether maybe he thought he'll have to push a little bit harder to get the idea of Rock versus Val Venus over as a main event. Because yeah. it was a very, because this is the main event of the night. Oh, Rock yeah, versus just Val. you wait. But don't let that distract you, oh. Tom. As we go to break, what's this? Warning, poisonous snakes. Oh, that's a room every building should have across America. <laughs> Better not go in there, Tom. 
Oh my god. Yeah, so Let's we, just pretend that didn't happen and move on. Not question it. We have a locker room full of well what? We don't know what's in there, but we we know someone's gone to the trouble of engraving a sign that says poisonous snakes. You know, your standard, as Matthew rightly said, your standard poisonous snake room that exists in every arena up and down yeah. free America. Yeah. And then they open it up and you're like, I don't know what I expected. Yeah, I don't know why I'm upset by yeah. what I'm seeing in here. Uh, we'll come back from break and make thanks to the rock for his kind words that he's going to get the cock rock sock and uh, rock ignores him. <laughs> so we mean to go to Mick talking to Leon and he's happy the rock's going to fight his battles for him with Val Venus. But mankind doesn't want to sit his fat ass <laughs> managing him, so he'll take Bulldog tonight. And he's gonna he starts doing that for the dozens. A dozen. <laughs> and I'm gonna take that mic and I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with it. <laughs> so that's a bit of continuity from last week. Mick Foley getting that lovely line in. So yeah, Foley, the, the crowd's getting it. It's sad that he's had to lower his, his standards basically for the crowd to pop. Yeah, he's too clever for this world <laughs> right. at this point. We, we get you, Mick. But there's a couple of signs in the crowd this week that suggest that some people are cottoning on. Mick's like, oh, it's all catchphrases, right? <laughs> dozens. Uh, dozens. Right, thank you. At this point. You know, I think a lot of people accuse, like, 2019 of being, like, the generation of the short attention span. But, like, 1999, we were just living for catchphrases and tiny car crash matches. Mm. Well, I mean, it was so fast-paced, you could only really remember the catchphrases. Yeah, it's true. Speaking of catchphrases... <laughs> do new new new. Oh, you did not know. Do, 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 do. Your bottom better ring home. Do and so on. So it's the Outlaws versus the Hollies at No Mercy, which makes sense. The Hollies got mad at Edging Christian getting the title shot at Unforgiven when there wasn't any time on TV to have a proper tag team build up. So <laughs> the Outlaws were like, all right, who wants some? Just hoid them out there. And uh, they thought, what the hell? Might as well beat up the New Age Outlaws until they get it. Good, <laughs> good strategy. Yeah, worked. And get the outlaws doing their thing in the ring. And by the way, for years, I wasn't quite sure what Dog was saying um, at this bit. Because he goes, like, da 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 dog style. And then he goes, I'm glad he said it on this one. Uh, let's see if we can't make a little noise up in this biatch. That's what he's saying. I think maybe they started censoring it or letting the crowd do it or... It's always been weird the way he said it at the end to make it sound like kind of assorted or censored. I had no idea what he was saying. Really? Up in the bloop! You know. <laughs> I think because you say it so often, it just sort of blurs, doesn't it? Yeah, well, up in this biatch was not an expression that I was familiar with as a kid, so I'm like, what? what <laughs> do you know, That's it, not do you know what around school saying? Up in this biatch. <laughs> like up that. in this biatch! <laughs> If you say something over and over again, you tend just to start just changing the cadence of it. Because yeah, if I'd done it, I would have said it how I heard it on TV. I'm go, oh, in this minute. <laughs> people think, are you all right, mate? Anyway, Lola explains the Hollies think they weigh more than 400 pounds. Let's see if it'll help them. It's yeah, Holly I didn't like Jerry Lawler's, like, Jerry Lawler ruined the illusion that they yeah. were actually 400 pounds yeah, by over-explaining it. Lola didn't need to do that. I thought, like, I think I enjoyed Lola going, they're blatantly 400 pounds. Look at the size of them. They're huge. You yeah. know, with him going, no, they just think they are. No, it's like wrestling's yeah. fun when you suspend disbelief completely. Yeah. I have so much more fun uh, on commentary, as do you, when we completely suspend our disbelief. When a wrestler comes out in a different gimmick and we act like it's a brand new yeah. debutant to the area. Well, speaking of Benji, um, hey! when, it, when he's in Rise... He, he he is the heavier one. He's the heavyweight, and uh, <laughs> who's that tiny partner he has? 
<laughs> oh, um, you know, Joe Ray, the dwarf. Aye, yeah, he's tiny. Oh, he's, he's like he's a, a strong wind could knock him down. Bless him. You need to look up pictures of the brothers of rage, <laughs> and you will completely get this reference. The joke is Benji is small, and I right, Lawler, Christ, do you remember that show we were at where we were chanting that? Benji is small and Joe Rage is tall. That's the joke. That's the joke. Me and Matthew are a wrestling show chanting that at uh, the Brothers of Rage. One's a very tall man, one's a very small one. That's the joke. And, it, and uh, that was it. We were, we were, we, I think we'd had a drink by that point. Well, we had, did we have a drink to drink at that point? Uh, More than yes. likely. Yeah. I don't want to even pretend there, but yes. Dream crackered. And then it's just like a landstorm, like, whoop. I think you will find that Benji is... I, 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 I. <laughs> anyway... Someone who definitely doesn't weigh 400 pounds is Road Dog, as he's wearing his finest mafia sweatsuit. <laughs> he's going to go out to a job and call in a hit on the way back. He, he absolutely never needed to get into any decent shape in his life ever, because his entire gimmick is that he wears long trousers and literally only exposes his arms. Yeah, and has dreadlocks and... Oh, it cornrows. No, wait, what is that? Dread... What would you call that? It's a bro. It's a braids. Yeah, that's the braided word hair, didn't he? Shades of Bo Derek. <laughs> he was very Bo. Bo Derek, Derek hair, mafia sweatsuit, <laughs> and Snoop Dogg lines. <laughs> the third highest selling merch seller of the <laughs> iTunes era. <laughs> and Snoop Dogg lines, if you get Madrid. Oh, hashtag back problem. All right. And uh, they discuss the upcoming mud wrestling match. And Lol asks, "Have you been to those clubs of the mud wrestling?" And Cole goes, no, I'm happily married. And Lola goes, oh, your wife's not. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, by the way, there's a mud wrestling match happening tonight. <laughs> oh, by the way, just you wait, ladies and gentlemen, strap in. <laughs> uh, Holly lets Crash beat up Dog and distracts the referee. Uh, Billy Gunn gets very mad. So Holly comes off the top rope with the flying nothing. But luckily, Road Dog gets his foot up. Oh, that would have looked silly. <laughs> the Duke and Jiven shake Rutland roll. I think that's the official name, actually, by Michael Cole. Uh, and the shaky knee drop, I don't think I ever had a name. And the flying fat-ass bump. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, these are not, not yeah, yeah. official names I'm sure, at all. I thought, yeah, the shake, rattle, and roll is definitely the name of... Because if you look... Shake, at, rattle, and roll is the name on the Refresh Menu 2000. any wrestling game, that is called the... Sh I'm sure it's yeah. called the shake, rattle, and roll. The, the punches, yeah. 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 Um, shaky knee drop. Crash Holly tries to interfere, but Gunn gets him. But this allows Hardcore Holly to hit the Falcon Arrow. And as we all know... No one kicks out the Falcon Arrow. No, indeed. Uh, the Hollies yell at Cole that they're super heavyweights to be treated seriously and shut up Lawler for killing the joke, <laughs> allowing New Age Outlaws to get their heat back by the pay-per-view. By the pay-per-view, you can watch the Hollies versus the Outlaws. Yes. That's money! Way, I just realised I have brought up the Refresh Mania 2000. For the first time, I think I realised, I tweeted about it because it was the anniversary of the release of the game, I think, in North ah. America. Um, on the UK. And, you know, having only a few months after the Riff Attitude came out, as we discussed in the podcast before, and it was a time I'd, I'd told it on this podcast. And I realized I was very happy to see all the people going, I've heard the story before because you told it with Tom. Ah! About the guy that my mum was seeing that month. <laughs> and it had the unintended effect as everyone just said, have you just called your mum out for being a slime? <laughs> I'm like, no! <laughs> you blatantly have, I'm mate. very proud of what my mum could get at that <laughs> point. You know? What my mum could get? My mum knew what she wanted and she knew how to get it. Like, is that a thing we should be praising? She, she would go to Monaco's with laser no, vision no, like no. Predator to pick out <laughs> the concubine no. of her choosing for that evening. He looks like he can afford an N64 <laughs> game. Hey, they, were quite, 50, they were 50 quid and 99. They were very expensive at that point. 
He was walking around the club with like two blockbuster vouchers. Oh, here we go. Uh, oh, she, she saw the two. She saw two HMV vouchers sticking out of his pocket and went, "He's the one for me." That's it. He'll satisfy my son. I feel sixty. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Apple 65 came on and that was it. <laughs> very loud. For the, for the third time that oh, night. Very loud, per your mum's instructions. <laughs> like to move on. This is oh, God. Why would you like, Matthew? God, get, get, look at this. It's, it's... Next segment's Mark Henry's first sex therapy. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Right. This, this was <laughs> peak attitude era. Hit the gong, peak attitude era this gong. was. Mark Henry's sex therapy session. And Mark Henry wearing the Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> jeans up top, jeans up bottom. And of course, because this is Mark Henry, because this is a sex therapy session, he immediately starts feeling up the therapist. Say, yeah, it's a sexy female <laughs> therapist. Wee. Getting her legs out and going, oh, Mark, tell me about your sexual desires. And he goes, well, tell me about your first sexual encounter. Well, it was dark and I was all alone. <laughs> That's quite good. He goes, seriously, Mark goes, all right, all right, all right. Quite good masturbation joke, that, though. I like that. <laughs> and he goes, oh, oh, oh. And he goes, um, uh, I was eight. And he goes, all right. Uh, who was it? Uh, my sister. When was the last time you had sex with your sister? Day before yesterday. <laughs> oh. And the, the, the crowd, the noise, oof. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much exactly how we all felt. Long Island, New York, oof. The prop, the, do you know what? Here's the thing, right? The, who, I don't know who the actress was playing the therapist. She ruined the gag. She ruined the gag. Because he went, oh, I, ate, I had sex with my sister. And she went, oh, I can't believe it. You're surely still not doing that now. When was the last time you had sex with your sister? And then it was, oh, yesterday. Like, she ruined the gag completely. She stomped all over it, yeah. Like, I said, so in the Attitude Era, are we still on, like, very old film tape, which is very expensive? Like, one take, <laughs> that's it, we've got to go. We've got to go, we can't do that again. She stomps all over the gag. It annoyed me. Mm. But uh, this, I mean, this, will, um, this will carry on. I think we'll see more from the, not tonight, but I do believe this leads to... The, a, a fairly obvious, hilarious punchline with the sex therapy sessions with Mark Henry. <laughs> it certainly it's does. Like, it's like the blob that had sex with everything. <laughs> Did you have sex with Mae Young? Yeah, I had sex with everything. You have sex with your sister? I had sex with everything. My name is the blob that had sex with everything. Do you had sex with Mr. Ass? I had sex with everything. <laughs> okay. Matthew's mom. Oh! <laughs> I bought him WrestleMania 2000. What more do you want? I'm so glad my mum's. I'm so glad my mum's not familiar with like technology or podcast. <laughs> she listens to this. She listens to the colorholic one, oh, the yeah? proper one. So I'm like, I didn't realize this because she wanted to see what. I, oh, apparently you had makeup on. I'm like, oh, Danhausen, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a foundation, mum. Jesus. Um, but yeah, hopefully she's listening to this. Ah, she'll figure it out. She, she's like, no, I remember SmackDown. What is that still on the? <laughs> she'll be. Ooh. She'll hear the first thing you think is I think it's serious. Is SmackDown still on the air? It's like, hey, I, uh, hey, I, I love watching SmackDown, Matthew. <laughs> I found a pod. I found this podcast that oh, talks about the SmackDown, and I swear that's you talking on it. I just thought it would be one of those stories that would make people relate to me more. Turns out no one could relate to this story. Oh, oh no! Do you know what, mate? Do you know what? If people are saying no, we cannot relate to a man dating our mother who tried to win our affection with 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 gifts, they are liars. That is an absolute lie. Like for a brief time in my younger years. I dated a young lady who had a child, right? 
I tried to buy affection from that child. I bought him sweets. I bought him toys. He was spoiled Christmas. Honestly, for similar reasons why <laughs> your 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 mum's former concubine bought you oh, WrestleMania two thousand. Concubine, you bastard! I was like, there's, that's a nice story, Tom. Like, concubine. There's Thomas the Tank. Now turn that up nice and loud. I need to pop upstairs. <laughs> concubine's a great word. God, no, no. <laughs> I love concubines in any other situation apart from this one. <laughs> anyway, thank you for relating. Moving on. Uh, sex, addiction, sex addiction is very serious. If you have related to any of the issues of the storyline, you can ring up this number. Now time for Mud Wrestling. <laughs> Not just yeah, Mud Wrestling. Oh. Mud Wrestling sponsored by Dino Crisis, Skittles, <laughs> and Lugs for your feet. So there's a little mud ring next to the stage. And here comes Jeff Jarrett with what appears to be um, one of those things you get at festivals when it's raining too hard. Um, <laughs> what, a cold? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, it's just the deep, power of a, a cold. Deep to... regret for the £300 you spent. <laughs> An undying hatred for the camper next to you. A 99 ice cream that costs a five, uh, despite the name. <laughs> um, he tells Miss Kitty, she's resting tonight, and they only win the match via top removal, and she seems very upset. Why she would expect anything less from Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> yeah. I, I have no idea. But what a great character I've realized over these last few weeks of Jeff Jarrett. He's giving the sorry, WF is giving the audience all the tea and A and the women exploitation they want. And WF can go, oh man, what a dastardly heel to explain the the, the advertisers. No, 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 no. It's just a coincidence that this He's evil, rotten, man. scummy, whatever blokey happens to have the same things that these... Uh, <laughs> Red-blooded Americans want to see all the time. I mean, Jeff Jarrett, who, as we've discussed on this podcast, is indeed criminally insane. Criminally insane. Uh, I, I applaud him this week for watching two women wrestle in mud and not feel the urge to jump in and put one of them in a figure four. <laughs> like, he did really well this week. Don't I'm really he, proud of him. The only thing he hates more than women is mud. So it's like, <laughs> I ain't it's, like a, it's like garlic to Dracula. I ain't getting myself muddy. Outlaw mud wrestling show. <laughs> um, Terry Taylor is backstage. Get in the rooster and the bulldog. And oh yes! I know. We, we, this is like the highlight. This is like seeing Freddie Blassie at Rumble 2000, or alternately, not my dad with WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> Damn it! Of all the running jokes to come back your, in your favorite line from this? Oh well, no! Just you wait. I've got a song here. Okay, mate. Hit me with this song. Davy's Davy with them acid wash jeans, jeans shirts about the sleeves, sleeves, sleeves. The rooster was interviewing him. He hit the step. He hit the. She hit the floor. <laughs> Next thing you ratings got low, 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 low. I wrote that down. So Bulldog is here to tell us that he officially from, is definitely from the Northwest because he doesn't care about The Rock. I don't care even, if The Rock dies. I don't even care about mankind. What he does care about is his title it's shot. His title shot. <laughs> and then mankind attacks him to prevent people switching over to Shasti. Um, he also doesn't care about Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. <laughs> That's just part one of the bulldog saga oh, we're getting to. Oh, it gets better later. Oh. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Poisonous Snakes Room. Oh, yeah, that famous poison snake room. That's still there. The room has not moved, as rooms tend to do. Um, I think this is dying for someone to go, whoa, <laughs> I thought the referee union storyline was over. <laughs> but Vincent Mann wouldn't have that type of comment there. <laughs> so instead, we'll move on to Edge and Christian coming through the crowd. This may be the first time they've done that on SmackDown, unless I've missed something. Maybe they've had the... Oh, no, they've had the entrances cut no, out. No, they've week, done so it before. They, they, right, they, 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 they've always come through the crowd. They've, they've yet to come through the entranceway. It's the first time I've noticed it. They are 2-0. In the tit. That's the Terry invitation. And they're taking on the new brood, which is the Hardys with the brood entrance and Hardys music, but no Gangrel. They're getting there, slowly getting to, away from Gangrel. Before we hit this match, Terry Reynolds comes out and she talks. And I swear that they bungled this and they had to then re record it because there's no pop or crowd shots when she's talking. Oh. And maybe it's, for, or maybe not. Because she's not very good at talking. Her Marlena days are definitely over for her. And um, she goes, ah, the TIT is going to, do you want it? I guess, like, you want sex? Yeah. And there's nothing there. And it's either been reshot because her mic wasn't working, or it was reshot because her mic was working. She's just terrible. And it's very ill fitting. Or it's not convincing well, at you, all. Well, you've because lost... her facelift is older than these tag teams. <laughs> Do you want it? Uh, thanks. Ooh, ooh. Do you want it? Ooh, a melted Barbie doll. Get in. <laughs> oh. Give out the microwave, love. You've got to bear in mind that Vince Russo, probably the architect of, of this concept, has now left the company. Suddenly, it's like you, you're, your main guy for writing smut is no longer around. <laughs> True, but it's not like an unfinished Tolkien novel. Like, we don't know what he wanted. It's like, it's, it's called Tit, and it's a tournament with Terry. <laughs> that, that's it. Oh, and then she ends with her line. May the best team win, me, because her team is her two boobs. Again, nothing. It could be because it's crap. <laughs> it could just be because the lines are bad. It could just be, as you say. I mean, there's nothing there that made me think it was a re-record. Sometimes you can see the lighting changes or the, the mic volume is slightly different. You can normally tell if something's been re-recorded. You can normally tell. Nothing really jumped out at me as like, oh, doesn't seem right. I might have another look. I bet the person who read it is like, like Tom... Every editor lives to hear. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I imagine that it is. Anyway, so far, only Lawler's focused on the whole tit thing because Edge Christian versus Hardys is good. This is what threw me off in this era. We have an absolute stormer of a match. Yeah. Texas Tornado rules to make it a bit more spicy. And we really get to appreciate how good these two were with moves compared to the other move styles of the rest of the roster. Because nowadays, you take for granted again NXT and everyone's doing kickflip McFlips, um, apron bumps and all the rest. Uh, yeah, here's the Hardy Boys and Edgy Christian killing each other for about yeah. five minutes. NXT every week is, as you say, like four star, like four yeah. five star matches which start from the off. Like this feels like every match with NXT, which is just like like balls to the wall, yeah. strong performances by everyone involved out there to steal the night. Yeah, and you can tell this influenced the hell out of uh, later on three count, the Young Dragons, uh, all the other tag teams that will come out of WCW. Uh, and we get such moves that they're, they're clearly still learning as they're going on because it's stuff that you don't see from them after this for a while. Uh, double running headbutt to a down Matt Hardy. A, a, a flapjack on Matt Hardy 
onto Jeff Hardy, who stood. That's class. I've never seen that before. That was excellent. Uh, Matt whips on the outside. Matt Hardy whips Christian to the ring apron on the outside, charges. Christian backdrops him. Matt bounces off the ropes and gives him the Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero DDT on the outside. That was beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely and beautiful. Poetry Motion gets two. Apparently the move on the outside gate took Edge out for two weeks with a stinger. Really? The cotton, the cotton oh. And if they say it must be true, maybe one of those road dog stingers. Well, uh, oh, yeah, it's one of them, is it? I heard well, that Edge Cake quick album. Well, bear in mind, we're two weeks away from um, from the ladder match. Right. So he obviously got better pretty quick. <laughs> Jeff climbs a barricade and took Christian out. The camera missed it because he wasn't expecting it, so it got a replay. I think it's added to the craziness. Um, even Kevin Dunn can't keep up with the Harleys. you got to bear in mind that they have the, the, these camera guys and these production guys have had weeks of like slow, middle-of-the-ring <laughs> right? affairs where suddenly you've got two guys, that are, four guys that are going beyond third gear. Like right. You've got to change your style frantically to keep up with it. Yeah. And Christian blocks a double backdrop, reverse DT on both guys. It's a close two, and the crowd goes, ooh, because that's been Christian's kind of finish for a bit. Stacked up superplex on the Matt Hardy. But Jeff waits until Edge and Christian are both down from the stack superplex to give one of them the Swanton Bomb and pin him one, two, three. Oh, woof. They did nothing to get the crowd into it, but the style sticks out so well. that like, yeah. well, I don't fully understand what I just saw, but that was very nice. Yeah, it's. I think that the, even if they tried to hit the crowd into it, I think the crowd would have been... Uh, not not because they didn't like it, but I think this is so different to what the crowd normally right, presented, yeah. which is sort of like women shaking their assets and... And road dog humping a man, yeah. you know that's that's. That was just segment one. That's just, yeah, that's the first ten minutes of this show. But that's what they're used to. Yeah. So this is this was a bit of a cold bath, I think, for the crowd. Yeah, and not, and not a dis, not a disrespect to these guys at all who absolutely went for it. And it, it's funny, almost it's like it's the only thing in this era where it's like, hey, it's me. Look at my put. Can you move out the way, love? I want to see the wrestlers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Terry. Go away. I'm sure you're nice. For, for the one time, yeah, she was very much the, uh, the 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 anchor that made this a very attitude feeling thing. She's the barnacle. Of me. She is the barnacle. Sorry, Terry. <laughs> uh, look, I love the one. Her and Goldust. Hers, Marlena. Oh God, I mean, cigar chomping Marlena was phenomenal. Oh, to do the sign of the cross, just thinking about it. But oh. but this is '99, and she's just like, oh, it's her. It's a bit like, let's find Terry something to do. Let's play with those tag teams. They might, you know, that'll keep her busy for a bit. Because bear in mind, like, I, I genuinely believe this wasn't a vehicle to get the Hardys and the Brood over. This was a vehicle, I think, to keep Terry in the mix. I genuinely believe that. You think so? Yeah. No, I think it's two birds I, of one stone. I think I mean. that, I, 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 I'd like to think otherwise. But I think the, the primary thing is, hey, we're going to put you with Terry. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool, guys? We're going to put you with Terry. Um, and yeah, you guys can have a ladder match and you kill each other and you be remember forever. Terry Runner. But then once the ladder match happened, I think everybody went, oh, wow. Because bear in mind, the ladder match was born out of a rivalry to win Terry's services. And then after this, the rival, the, like it was the, the story was going to be um, Terry Runnels managing a tag team. But that so blended away like they they moved away from that almost immediately the following night on raw mm. like the whole thing that the reason the whole reason this feud happened they just binned off immediately we'll yeah. get to it when we get to it it's good because you know she's a proper manager of champions because the last team she had before this was the mean street posse <laughs> anyway moving on from that val venus backstage is admiring rocco in his tight <laughs> and it is a bizarre 
homage to Mark Wahlberg and Boogie Nights as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Let me whip it out. Let me. Carl's like, yeah, see his dick. And it's, <laughs> it's the sock. It's like, boo, you're a heel. Joey Ryan's watching somewhere going, oh, this is a great character. One day I could get that over. One day I'm going to make more money taking one bump a match than I have my entire rest of a career. Incidentally, the wrestling world stood in awe this week as a recording when Ken Shamrock got flipped by Joey Ryan's dong on Impact Wrestling. I'm glad that you liked it. I was in awe. I, I was, when I saw it was about to happen, I thought, there is no way Ken Shamrock, oh my God, he is. All right. <laughs> Incredible. I was just in awe of the fact that former UFC champion, Ken Shamrock, rolled with that. I was just, I'm not even mad. He literally, literally rolled with it. Yeah. I'm not even mad. Ken Shamrock wouldn't lose to Curtis Hughes. But he will take a dick. But he will sell for Joey Ryan's penis. We'll leave a company to get away from Mr. Hughes. <laughs> That's right. That's what's okay for him on this podcast. Oh, He's coming to the end of his career, by the way. We'll, we'll get the getting his bag in the next week. But now it's time for Jeff Jarrett in his Dexter serial killer plastic outfit to come out here. It brings the Ivory Women's Champion out with him. And you think, okay, that's a bit weird. Jeff Jarrett brings up the mud whilst ignoring the voices in his head going, kill her, kill her. <laughs> and Miss Kitty in Bikini comes out and Jeff Jarrett reveals Ivory is the opponent. <laughs> Ivory's apparently been tricked. Why would you trust Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> if you had... <laughs> I almost said Ivory's then. I was going, Ovaries. Ivories. <laughs> yeah, Check out her Ivories. Uh, and then Jeff Jarrett is, again, his crazy self here. Mud, the lowest thing on earth, just like women. Oh my god. Lots of this mud. This hasn't here. aged well. Lots of mud, lots of ass, lots of titties. And stay tuned because after this, that's right, Shasta McNasty. <laughs> Kitty's titties are unleashed, but you can't see them because mud is Earth's sensor. Ivory is furious at the end of this. Like she's shouting at Jeff Jarrett, annoyed that he put her through this match. Yet four minutes ago, she was happily walking down to the ring to take part in this. You make your own problems. She there, got Ivory. tricked. She got tricked into what? I'm just going to have a wrestling match. I mean, it's not in the main ring. It's on a little ring to the side that's full of mud. Yeah. Next to a guy who's <laughs> advertised a mud wrestling match yeah. for the night. I'm sure it's all going to be fine. Jeff Jarrett, I am criminally insane and hate women. Hey, Ivory. I'm sure this is fine. I'm sure this is fine. And Ivory's like, you can't trick me. And so she got a, you got a set of car keys. I was like, ching, ching, ching. <laughs> Ooh. And, the um, women's champion, that is, defending her title in a mud wrestling match. Imagine, imagine putting Becky Lynch in a mud wrestling match in 2019. You, honest to God. I, I, for one, Becky would no doubt say, uh, how about... <laughs> you can yeah, yeah. F off. There you go. <laughs> but we're getting the best of the show. Uh, then Fabulous Mulan and May Young <laughs> trying to get Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff's like, no, and casually kicks them in. And Lola says, it's like watching the dinosaurs fall in the Libria tarpets. <laughs> that, was a, <laughs> that was a great line. I think that, that was a that's, killer line. That spot existed just for Lola to get that line in. <laughs> And then China sneaks in, and Jeff Jarrett's going, Mah! and kicks Jeff Jarrett off the stage. Jeff Jarrett takes a flip bump in the mud ring. Beautiful bump from Jeff into the mud. Yeah. And then I think, uh, Moon and Mayo trying to rip his dungarees off yeah. after that. That seems to be the thing you do. Yeah, that's the thing that's come up and just basically assault you, yeah, as we saw with Lawler. 
Above last week. I've forgotten about it. <laughs> Lawler and May Young just, just. I genuinely think they were shooting on Lawler. Lola wasn't even shooting to get back. He just stood up. <laughs> and she slipped like an old video on an icy surface. If that had been 2019, oh. we'd have done a news video on that. <laughs> Moolah and May Young shoot on Lola. That'd have been a news video, without a doubt. The bump she takes, I swear to God. Jesus Christ. He cracks her skull open. <laughs> Jeff Hardy would have taken that bump. <laughs> anyway, backstage. The bulldog is walking in oh. his jeans. Oh, so we get the recap we've been waiting for, Tom. Last Saturday was Rebellion. Oh, my God. Tran- God. Here is the transcript, word for word, is typed out by me. Are you ready? Oh, mate, I'm in born case, ready. In case if you, you list this podcast, you're not familiar with this bit. Backstage Rebellion, Sonny oh, Birmingham. Can, have, you, have you written down, like, who's who? Can we, can we, can we perform this together? <laughs> yeah. Well, the capital letter, uh, capital letter is Bulldog, because he's always okay. yelling, and the lowercase is, well, Vincent Mann. Who do you want to be? <laughs> do you want to be Bulldog? Yeah. Okay, you be Bulldog. I'll be Vince. I'll be Vince. I'll be Because you want to write this. Okay. Okay. Right, so uh, backstage, Vince McMahon is stood with Shane. They've just had an interview, haven't they? If I remember correctly. Uh, Cameras follow Bulldog, storms up to Vince McMahon and says, Where's my title shot? Um, It's a pause. Where's my title shot? People came out to see me and wrestled Triple H. That's how he says it. Where's my title shot? (laughs) You had your your title shot. You call that a title shot? (laughs) Look, look, The Rock was the referee. You've had your title shot. You had The Rock as the referee, not me. Please calm down. Throws bin. <laughs> I'm not going to calm down. Stephanie! Uh, Stephanie! Give me a medic! Give me a medic! And scene. You had The Rock as the referee, <laughs> not me. Yeah. I wanted to be the referee in my own match. Where's my title shot and referee shirt? Where's my referee? You call that a referee? Oh, God. You call my... Where's my title shot? You call that a title shot. Absolute history-making lines from the Bulldog. Call that a title shot. Call that a knife. It's just like the the Bart Simpson bit where they go, where's my spy camera? Where's my my title shot? You call that a spy camera? (laughs) Bulldog. And it's just... It's just Bulldog just hoying a bin. And you just hear... Thunk. <laughs> and then Steph's on the floor. Like, she must be made of steel. Like, the noise it made. <laughs> yes, I... Just... Look, title shot. Yeet. I, I want to watch... <laughs> That's the noise you make. I want to watch... I want to see the camera that was that was facing Stephanie at that point. And I want to watch as Vincent Mann and Bulldog are having this back and forth. They're looking to one eye, waiting for Stephanie to lie on the ground. <laughs> And then for Bulldog just to wang a bin at the lockers. I want to see that go down. I think also uh, at that show, didn't Bulldog... God. Bulldog and China had a little bit of a back and forth as oh, well. Bulldog was all over this show. China China called Bulldog the ass end of a dog. And then Bulldog, I think, hits her with a running power slam later on. He was all over the shop in this one. He really Bless him. As, as he was in life. Well, it was in the prime of his career, so <laughs> I'm up four times. So last Monday, Bulldog apologised. For Vince putting Stephanie in a position to get hurt. I'm sorry, I didn't do it sooner. <laughs> I wouldn't put I wouldn't put my daughter in rock a, a locker room full of wrestlers. <laughs> I like how that's his complaint. Yeah, sadly didn't add, yeah, I've met him. <laughs> Backstage, even worse than that, test is sad. Tells her Stephanie has post-concussion syndrome, and the wedding is off. She doesn't even recognize him. Doesn't even know who I am, and then leaves. I, I tell you what, I wouldn't recognize you either if I was your wife to be. 
and you were backstage talking to Freebird Michael Hayes about the wedding being off and you're being sad when you should be beating Bulldog to a bloody stump. Do you know what? That is the bit that is lost in this. Like, your wife-to-be just got brained by Bulldog. And what are you doing? You are sat feeling sad that, oh, she doesn't know who I am. You're a wrestler. Go out there and kick yeah. his head in. And like, and this is Test's problem, right? I'm, I, I know you don't speak ill of the dead, but Test was a gutless moron at this point. And that was really sad because we would see something else rather major again happen to Test. And he'd go all Millhouse about it. Like, oh, jeez. Oh, that's a shame. He's like Milhouse's dad of wrestlers. Oh, that's that's a shame that happened. He doesn't go after anybody. Yeah, yeah. she... Before the bin, her husband-to-be was Test. She opened her eyes and saw short EG and went back to sleep. <laughs> uh, Shimon Man says she has amnesia, and he explains it's the kind that you only find on TV shows. So give her a week, it should be all right. Uh, <laughs> and even then when they go, what, you, how, what do you feel about the bulldog? And then Shane walks off. So like Shane Man, who, who has proved in the last few weeks, he's good for a rook. Like, he's happy to go and def- he'll defend the honour of his sisters against the Mean Street posse who call her names. But here's a guy that's attacked your sister. British Bulldogs attacked your sister. You can do anything about it? Nah. Yeah. Poor Steph. No one's willing to defend her honour. Yeah, and if you like this castration of Test's character, you'll love the next few months. Oh, just mate, let me tell you. you've got no idea. This man is going to be emasculated within an inch of his life. If you have stock... In the test brand, sell now. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Anyway, Bulldog title shots his weight the ring. Uh, Foley has his jacket back, the one that says rock and sock. I'm pretty sure that jacket died, and there was a storyline about it a few weeks ago. The Dudleys killed it. Let's pretend that didn't happen. I think it was. T- I think they realised, you know what, we don't need the Dudley boys interfering in this. That, that was just a, that was a mistake for one week. It's weird now. We get Mankind versus Bulldog. It's weird. Mankind's first match in WF, I believe, as a jobber was getting destroyed by the Bulldog in the 80s. It was. It broke his jaw. That's right. And here we are. <laughs> Mankind getting destroyed. Yeah, and they both have the exact same body types at this point. <laughs> both damage beyond all repair. Bulldog is so awkward to watch in this. Yes, he is. Because he can't bump. It, he has... It's weird now. It has all the uh, body manipulation of his own action figure. Yep, he moves just as well. Yep. Jeez. Uh, Bulldog takes the tree of woe. There's even a point where he takes a oh. suplex on the out. He does a suplex on the outside, and you can even watch the way he lands. Like he doesn't land flat back. Like yep. he lands to the side. This man is knackered. You're right. He lands flat back. He makes sure his back lands uh, awkwardly, and he tries to make his face land in a pile of drugs. <laughs> I thought you said we weren't going to say that. I know. I know. Voice, voice in my head saying, why did you say that? We cut out so much of that. Um, moving on. Long Island has produced more tragedy than Shakespeare. Good line from Lawler. Uh, your suplex on the outside as Mankind has to take one of those per week. Bless him. And Mankind does a marvellous job here. He knows his, his way in life. He is the guy that has to make Bulldog look good for the rock match. He gets absolutely destroyed taking a bump over the ring steps. Because Mankind would always take that bump where it's like, Okay, don't like fall down and take it with your back. Just run up those steps as fast as you can and just, just <laughs> let gravity do the rest. Oh. It was around about this time that Michael Cole said Bulldog's obsession with winning the title is oozing out of his skin. 
<laughs> I think I'm saying nothing, Tom. That's that's what those uh, spots are on his back. It is his <laughs> lust for the title shot oozing out of his skin. That's what it is, and nothing else. As a proud ex sufferer, I've been given away. Yes, all I want, <laughs> all I want is the cultaholic title. That's it, that's it, mate. I'm on to you. You call that a title shot? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I was saying to you before. It's great seeing footage like this in amazing quality in the network. Probably the best footage you wouldn't get hold of it. Marvellous. I'm looking at 99, you can go, wow, like the Hollies look great, the Harleys look great, everyone looks young and fresh. Apart from the Bulldog, you go, oh, God, go back to standard death. Yeah. <laughs> he so, uh, looks very unwell. It, gets, it gives mankind a chair at the head. No DQ for some reason. Um, whatever. <laughs> uh, more chin lock action from Bulldog as he needs to rest after that thrilling set of giving mankind all the moves Steve. in the world. <laughs> um, mankind takes a low blow. Still no DQ. Commentators are now blaming the newer, stronger referees. Yeah. For not making the call to end the match. Yeah, it goes for Socko. He dodges it and somehow nails the referee and he you know can't stop it for a few seconds. Who then gets bumped. And now there's a DQ. Bulldog rams the steps into Mankind's face. Brawls through the crowd. Um, because from the area, Lola says, oh, God, Mick's trying to drag him into his house. Very <laughs> much trying to make Bulldog look like the monster that they wished him to be, but he was just, yeah. he's just been miscast. Really, really has. They're desperate to make him look like a beast. And yeah. it just, he can't move. Like, I feel it's, it's so, it's really sad watching this, yeah. actually, because it's like, here's a guy, like, and you can see that they can't do any more for him. Like they've put right. him, they put him in the main event of the last pay per view. They've got, they, they put him in a match against The Rock, the most over guy in the planet on pay per view in ten days. He's going in there against the biggest star in wrestling, and he, and he just they can't, he can, he can't leave that company and accuse them of not trying. But after that match coming up. Like you can, when you document how fast Bulldog Star falls, it's shocking. Which we will document from one pay per view to another how far that stock yeah. falls. It is alarming. It's one of those situations where we'll get like an old boxer to take on the new upcoming guy. It's like, it is Larry Holmes versus um, uh, Butterbean. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming. But you said biggest star of the company? I think not. This oh. would not be the A show, uh, B plus show <laughs> if it wasn't for Steve Austin making a cameo appearance on the show he's supposed to be a full member of. And here we go. Strap in, lads. Hunting and fishing with Steve Austin and Jim Ross. This would be a WWE Network show now. It absolutely would. And I hope you enjoy the sight of Steve Austin shooting a pumpkin with Triple H's official 8x10 on it. Not even his, his old official 8x10. Like, it's a it's an old picture of Triple H. It's the embryonic picture of Triple <laughs> H, and he shoots it. He shoots it once, and they show it about four times to make this way more interesting than it is. There's nothing going on here. Jim Ross has to go, that's a nice shot. And Austin goes, thanks, pal. And he's like, yeah, I'm I'm going to beat him up. I'm going to do this. I'm training for my battle by firing stuff in the wild. Why did they feel the I, need I... to build Austin versus Triple H by having Triple H dicking around with rattlesnakes? Oh, and just you. Oh, we are, we are not getting to that. Yeah, go on. Like, what, I don't get why they felt this is the best way to put this match forward. Because Austin needed time off. Yeah, but surely there's other ways. Other no, ways. no, Russo's gone. We don't know what to do. Right, fair enough. They asked Austin, what should we do? And he goes, I think I should go out hunting and fishing for a bit. And I'll you go, can just film me. I'll go fishing. 
I'm going to go home and rest. You can just film me resting. Yeah. And he's like, that sounds like a great idea. And he went, oh, my God, they fell for it. I should have asked for more demands. <laughs> and as we just, as you just gave it away there, Tom Howe, Triple H goes into the Poisonous Snake Room. Clearly, we know it's the Poisonous Snake Room because it says Poisonous Snake Room on the outside. Tune in to find out. Before that, we get Big Show versus Big Boss Man, but it's before it gets interesting. And that's not mention of draws. Uh, my goal keeping us updated. Must have mentioned on Raw what happened because obviously it wasn't shown on the SmackDown last week. And he just said, we're going to keep your data as his condition and see what happens there. He sounds hopeful, but I think many people sound hopeful at these things because I think from what I've heard, it's like the few weeks or so or what then they know what it's going to be like for the, the rest of his life. So yeah, that's why, you know, I'm not sure how Michael Cobell, whoa, get this, you know. He's yeah. uh well, let's just say his lugs bill is going to be a lot lower. He's not I mean I don't know what he could have said here, but he, he's I, as nicely as possible. And, and Lawler yeah. refrains from making a joke. So that's see, it. I thought that D'Lo Draws thing happened on SmackDown. It did last but, week's SmackDown, but we didn't. But they took it out. Presumably, okay, that makes sense. That explains. Was that last week? We did. Yes. Okay, that's fine. We in in real time, me and Tom missed out a week because we were very busy. Um, so we're sort of like yeah, yeah. But I have all my notes on my phone. It was last week. Right. Maybe that was why it was a... That's why it's a really, a really short episode of SmackDown. Damn it. Why don't we think about that? Oh, well, anyway. Really, that's why um, it was a really short episode of SmackDown. Anyway, uh, this is the death slot match. Boss man gets sent outside. He's able to crotch show because he walks over the ropes because he thinks he's big like Bradshaw. Yeah, big show versus boss man. We are very nearly at that legendary rivalry that will end the century. We're not quite there. However, nearly big there. boss man is able to hit the boss man slam on big show. It's nice for two. That looked great. It's almost as good as when uh, Mr. Perfect hit the... Oh, what do you call it in uh, WCW? Heading heading, plex. Heading plex, yeah, and yeah. he hits the heading plex on Giant just because... <laughs> just because I out. can. So, yeah. Um, Postman's so mad, he beats him up with his stick. Is the... I... What? Oh, I get it. <laughs> I wrote something here. I don't know why I wrote it, so I'll have to figure it out. They're so... Uh, the inner rescue is so mad that, that, that he kicked out of the Bossman slam that they start cheering... When Bossman beats him up with a stick, they cheer him from behind their copies of Windows 98 and missed. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was thinking of when I typed that. Sorry, that's absolute crap. Uh, Bossman tries to cuff show, but he breaks it because he's big. <laughs> yep, thanks for coming. <laughs> Moving on to the important bit of the show. Triple H is in the Poisonous Snake Room. Oh, this is special. And this, is... Ooh, this is special. The race explains he's a trapper, not a hunter. He's a lover, oh, I'm a not a fighter. I'm a trapper, not a hunter. Aren't they the same thing? How dare you bemoan Poison Snake Triple H. He's a... And actually, he is a hunter. It's in his name. Hunter. <laughs> exactly. He puts a snake in a bag while giving a speech and then hammers the snake in a bag that definitely was not switched off camera. This was the scene from every 80s and actually 90s action film where we get a chance to see how evil the bad guy is. Like, when there's no hero around, it's like one scene that really hype up the badness. Like, you've seen The Untouchables of De Niro. Yes. There's that one scene where it's got all these, these people at work for him, and he's just like, yeah, it was you, Master. Yeah, it was me. Ah, uh, it's okay. And he just beats him to death with a baseball bat. This was this. But it was so funny to see Triple H doing it, like, Yeah, it just... It's so weird. The second time in the history of the WWF where the death of a snake has been used to further a storyline. Oh, they should have cut away to... Um... So, with any luck, Triple H will be out <sighs> next it. week uh, with <laughs> with a big stack of snake burgers for everybody to eat. Because, you know, they, they cut away from that on the broadcast on Prime yes. Time. So, they cut to Sean Mooney. Remember his name? Yeah, so they that's cut, it. cut away from there. Like, 
Ooh. Can we? Can somebody do like a real hard cut? Oh, who do we of know? John. John. Can uh, you do uh, his full name, please? John Eiley. Photoshop John Eiley. No, Photoshop, Photoshop John Eiley. John, can you take this clip of Triple H about and he's, as he's about to hammer the snake? Just cut to Sean Mooney in the WWF Control Center, looking Ooh. like petrified. That'd be Ooh. great if you could. Thanks, mate. And if you get time, at John Eiley, yeah. sponsor him on Kofi. That the thing where you buy somebody a drink if you do work for them or something like that. Sponsor him on uh, there, at John Eiley. I do it in real life. Um, <laughs> and then Trubridge walks to the ringside area with like this bloody bag, and the company's like, "My God, that's horrible. That's so inhuman. He just beat a snake. <laughs> he just beat a, just he killed beat a, a snake. He just killed a snake in a bag. That means he's definitely going to beat Austin in the pay per view." And the crowd is just like, "Eh." The crowd could not care less. <laughs> the amount of money he must have spent and having to blow it like snake. Char- snake charmers, snake handlers. No, snake charmers. That's how they get them in. He pl- <laughs> it's like Pied Piper. He plays the flute to get them into the building. That arena in Long Ooh. Island hires a professional snake charmer. That's right. You heard, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, all that, all that effort, all that money spent, distracted from the fact that Austin's not there. And they're like, yeah, no, I don't care about snake. There's a snake in my bag. <laughs> I want to break. Let me let me break this down. Break it down. Okay. So. Triple H goes to the trouble. Now, now, I'm presuming he hasn't bought snakes. He's probably got them from a zoo, from, from, the, from the Long Island Zoo. Wait, no, time He's... out. These aren't Triple H's snakes. That's the poisonous snake room. No. Okay. okay, well, in that case, he owes the venue a lot of damages, right? Okay, if, if this is a venue that has a poisonous snake room, right? Number one, what the hell? And number two... Triple H owes you some money, right? If Triple H went to the trouble of renting slash buying snakes to put in a room to pick one at random to kill, my 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 basic question, why buy loads? Just buy one. If you're going to kill just one, just instead of renting a room full of them, just buy one and say, that's my pet snake. Go to a pet shop, buy a pet snack, and then it's yours to. Yeah. If you want to massacre it, then that's that's on you. You're an ass, but that's a mass. That, that's on you. It should have just had like this old man just. And, Does anyone see my my snake? Uh, hello. <laughs> there, there, there was a snake here in this. Uh, the, yeah, and that that's right. In the poisonous snake room, there was a snake in the snake. I know that that's where they go, right? I mean. For a bath, you go to the bathroom. What if? Uh, has anyone seen it? Is it is this bag with lots of blood coming out of it? Is that somebody's? The alternative, the alternative is what if what if this was the venue where Savage and Liz held their wedding reception, oh. and these are just wedding gifts left over. <laughs> That's one they hungry open, snake. They, they open at least one snake. He's like, ah, after ten thousand years, I'm fr- <laughs> Rita Repulsa. I will grant you three wishes for letting me. Fr- hey, what are you doing? Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Took a Harry Potter to talk to him. Yeah. Come. Buy the pay-per-view, please, please. We're sorry oh, about we're sorry about unforgiving. Nigiri, make sure you buy the pay-per-view for Harry Potter. I'm gonna pop this wand up his bum bum. Oh, I, I preferred the audiobook version because my parents used to live to listen to them all every time we go for a drive. Where he lets a snake out in the uh the <laughs> trousers. Oh Christ. <laughs> snake out in the um, in the in the in the school. Zoo? In the zoo, in the zoo. Yeah, he lets it out. And like in the film it's all like He's all like, the snake's all like sinister and like, ah, it's nice. Uh, 
But in the audiobook, I was like, oh, thanks, thanks, Harry. Like, <laughs> I'm off to way, I'm off to Mexico. Arriba! <laughs> quite, quite a jolly snack. Yeah, it's like, cheers. I am the jolly snack. Albuquerque, here I come. <laughs> Puts on his hat and his little, his little snake bag. Anyway, Valvinus. Now let's get serious now. Valvinus with a serious promo, and he knows about snakes. Uh, he, well, he tries being serious. He, he sounds more like an '80s. Serious, like a Ken Patera type. Yeah. Tonight, in this very ring, I am the best. Whatever. But then, it doesn't matter, because Mankind attacks him, and then Bulldog attacks Mick Foley, meaning Bulldog and Mankind have been brawling all this time. <laughs> Mankind saw Venus out the corner of his eye and was like, <laughs> distracted Bulldog by look, hey, look, a bin, and um, just went and hit Venus, and then Bulldog stopped being distracted and went and attacked him anyway. This is a weird trope that Mankind has. On a few occasions in his career, he's had fights that have gone on for ages. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, there was one in 96, and it was the opening of In Your House, Cold Day in Hell. It might be 97. I can't remember. Um, but it were, but Triple H versus Mankind was the opening match, and they went to a DQ, and they ended up brawling out of That's the ring. Right. And they just kept coming back throughout the night to the brawl that continues to go yes. on. This is the same thing. That's right. And then there's a break. We come back. Mankind is being attended to by some medics and Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah, he'll help. <laughs> um, Rock Rock walks past. And then <laughs> Mankind goes, Rock, this one time, win one for the Micker. And Rock goes, who the hell is the Micker? Who the hell is the Micker? <laughs> Classic reference there to um, not Rockney, All-American, which is Ronald Reagan giving that line. And he basically won the presidency with that line. <laughs> <laughs> win one for the Gipper. Oh. <laughs> oh. And then he died. And then he died. So Venus maybe should have changed his theme around this time because he comes out and it's like his serious Val Venus. He steals rock socks and puts them in cocks. He's going to be wrestling mankind on pay per view. Hello. What would you have changed it to? Because he did change it. He changed it in 2000, didn't he? To that dance it was that, yeah, it had the, the, the sax at the start. And it is a great sax theme, but mm. it's like you can't go, all right, he's a serious porn guy. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, he's not he's not coming out with the towel and everything else like that, but it's it's such an abrupt change. Maybe just like, hello, ladies, and WWF title. <laughs> and my title shot. My title shot. Uh, but hang on, it is autumn. This is when WWF does their clock watching time to push any random dude because it doesn't matter because by the time Rumble comes along it's all changed anyway yeah. so yeah hey Valvinus you're a serious threat now don't worry it's not gonna last <laughs> and here we are his Smackdown main event with The Rock and The Rock is mad he's gonna win one for the Micker so it's no DQ because Mankind versus Bulldog are they, are they was... just randomly no DQ matches uh, it's just because of reasons Bulldog forgot the rules <laughs> Stephanie McMahon threw a bin at him and now he's got amnesia uh, Venus gets whipped over the guardrail and we do the crowd brawl thing we literally saw just 10 minutes ago but it's a rock main event match so he's got to do that crowd brawl uh, swinging net breaker from the rock that I think he stopped doing after a while because it was always stunningly loose mm-hmm. and Venus is a great athlete if you don't believe me ask the women he used to work with thanks Lola Whey! rock main event special of banging the opponent off the stage going all the way here and Venus is getting nothing here rock even puts Venus in a chin lock when usually matches would have, you know, the bad guy doing that to get the crowd supporting him. Uh, Venus gets clotheslined on the outside. Uh, Brock takes nothing, dumps him in the ring steps, goes on commentary, goes, how about Venus meets Mr. Tableau? Slams him. You son of a bitch. He puts Venus on commentary, but he's too beat up to say anything, so he just slaps him. 
Um, nothing here. The v Venus is given less than what Rock gave Bulldog on the mic. Eventually, uh, Venus gets a spine bus to the ring and actually sells that for a bit. Uh, Lola says, we'll have to call Venus the most erectifying man in sports entertainment. That's a wins. good line. That's a good line. And she crowd gets behind him. Rock gives Val Venus, Val Venus's finishing move, the fisherman suplex. That was cute. Well, as he called it, the seaman suplex, but he's serious now. Did he really call it that? Yeah. I never knew that. See, it's a good word for it. It makes actually. sense, and it's absolutely true. For the, for the for period, it's practically, you know. Seaman suplex isn't good for the period. Seaman suplex. Uh, very rude and you always call it fisherman made. suplex, right? Because he uses the hook. Ah, See, I never thought. Of, wow, someone, that's my someone tweeted that. I said, "I've only just realised that." And I went, "Oh, I never thought about that before." And everyone was like, "Going, you're an idiot." I'm like, "I've never, I never, I've think... never." That could be one for your wrestling curiosities because yeah. I assumed an Irishman invented the Irish whip. He did Dan Owemani? Exactly. So where's Fisherman Lutez or whatever? <laughs> Where did the North? Okay, all right. So someone called you. A, someone called you an idiot for not knowing. That's why it's called a Fisherman Suplex. Well, I guess people. I never really thought right. about it before. Someone, so someone said like, if "Oh, you, it's just, if it's you did hook. that, if you're the person who did that, all right, dickhead." Tell me where the Northern Lights suplex came from. Crack on with that. Yeah. Good luck. Where did it come from? I don't know. But... <laughs> I was like, on the next episode of Wrestling Mysteries. <laughs> anyway, uh, goes look. Bobby goes to the chair, but here's Mick. Mick accidentally hits the rock. <gasps> da da da! Dissension. Smellness. And he just watches rather than stop the pin. But Rock kicks out because. Oh, Venus is going to pin the rock and smack down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, then Mankind gives Venus the sock. But Venus kicks in the dick. And when Mankind turns around, the rock gives Mick the rock bottom. Yeah, drops him. And then just finishes Val Venus as an afterthought. One, two, three. And Mankind and the rock nearly come to blows as the show goes off the air. I like how Mankind oh. recovers from the rock bottom almost as quickly yeah. as the way Tyson Fury recovered from the running power ah. slam at Ground Jewel. Like almost, he's immediate. Like the show ends with them two gesticulating wildly at one another. Like Mick Foley got a rock bottom like a minute ago, mm -hmm. and he's fine. That was that annoyed me a touch. Yep. Like I get annoyed when finishes don't get uh, the credence they deserve. Yeah, but I guess it was like, okay, you need to get up, you need to get up, you need yeah, to get up. Why? So. Mortal Kombat Conquest is on after this. <laughs> and Tremendous. that was the show. Yeah, there we go. Um, that was that was quite an, that was quite an interesting episode. I think we are very much on the way to No Mercy now. Um, there's some unusual build for stuff, and <laughs> some exciting build for other things like the the whole the again as I say like the whole tag team ladder match that we are leading up to, Ooh. where the focus is very much hey there's a lovely woman. His four guys who are going to change the industry. Yep. <laughs> Lovely woman. What a time. What a time. What did you remember from this from this particular episode of SmackDown? Where's my title shot? <laughs> <laughs> I try to think of something else, but come on. Where's my title shot? I think. Uh, yeah. I is mean... that is that the most memorable thing? Bulldog. Oh God, no. No. There is something else coming up soon, isn't there? Bulldog, oh yeah, Bulldog is, Bulldog, we're not done with Bulldog yet. Um, for oh, me... I just remembered what it was, because you said about it earlier, I'm like, what's he talking about? This oh, oh, that match, that match is coming up. I genuinely remember <laughs> enjoying the tag team Tornado match and going, these guys are really good. I remember watching it and thinking, actually, they're really good. See, I was this is that thing. As a thing I forgot. Like, they, they were having these matches on the build-up to it. I thought, I knew about the tit, but I knew the No Mercy match. Yeah. I thought the tit was a tournament. It's not actually. It's a, it's no, a best it's, of series. It's a best of five, but they, they, but they can't, they they can't, can't call, call it that. 
Otherwise, you've got a... If it's a, if it's a Terry Invitational best of five, it's called the tear-off. Right. And they didn't want the tip. No, <laughs> just the tip. Doesn't work. It only works if Terry's involved. That's the thing. People don't remember this match. Yeah, so... I just thought that they, I don't know, they beat up the Hollies or Viscera Midian, whatever, and then they had this match, blah, blah, blah. Like, that makes sense, having Edge and Christian versus the Hardys in a lot of match, but it's like, oh, they're building up to yeah. this by wrestling each other. And that actually makes sense because, yeah, the crowds aren't getting it because they're so unfamiliar with this style, which is funny to think of. Like, this is literally the evolution. It's, what's the word of the podcast? Embryotic. Thank you, Tom. And where, can, and where can people send emails? Embryotic <laughs> at cultaholics.com. <laughs> don't you. send it there. That's a dead, <laughs> dead link. Uh, what did you forget? The thing I just said. Um, oh, the, yeah, the tag title match. Yeah. The, what the, did the, you the, forget? The, the, the tit. Um, what did I forget from this? I forgot the mud wrestling thing. I forgot <laughs> that happened. And, wow, it's just one of those things that really doesn't age well. Because um, that's your women's championship match on the night. <laughs> and there's plenty more of this to come. And you feel... Not like, for much longer. You genuinely feel, and I'll probably be accused of being a bit of a cuck when I say stuff like this, but genuinely you feel, it makes you feel a little bit grim because you think of all these all these incredible performers who are trailblazing now. Like, you know, you, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair, first women's main event at WrestleMania ever, and it was great. And it's like we, as wrestling fans, as guys, we were we were lucky to have so many wrestlers that we could connect with and we could relate to you know if you couldn't relate to the physique of someone like a rock you could have you know the the, the doughy mankind sort of goofiness of that you know we had so many and the, the sexual and addiction of mark henry the sexual addiction of mark henry which i think we all relate to um but then like if you were if you were a, a female fan and, and and you couldn't you there, in terms of other oh, females on tv there wasn't much to resonate with because it was all just tits there's yep. tits Way close off, and that sucks. That really sucks that we were there. As and and, I, and again, I'll get accused of being a cuck for thinking like that, but I don't no, really that, care. That term's lost all meaning anyway. So you, yeah. you're, you're allowed to say that because yeah, you're right. People change. Attitude, <laughs> attitude yeah. change. But with this, this there was one target demographic they're going after. Yeah, and they and went that was after young males, it. and so that makes sense to have this. Wrestling has changed. Yeah, uh, some cynically have said, well, they changed it. Immediately after that whole Benoit sports pharmacy thing that really did the number on them in 07 to kids who probably can't read newspapers or websites, whatever works. Um, yeah, because yeah. bra and panties matches really fell off a cliff after the Chris Benoit thing. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it was a slow thing. Yeah. But anyway, but yeah, yeah, you're right. For women, good for them to have you know role models and go. Good for you, women. Uh, <laughs> good for you, you lovely little ladies. But I realise you are very eloquent the way you speak. I'm, you I'm, you I'm can say something like that, that and I'll, I'll, I will sound like a cook. I'll make you, <laughs> I will continue talking so you sound even more eloquent. <laughs> women are good, yay. Yeah. Some of them, some of them, look, they can't wrestle, but you should see them box. Way! Lads, 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 lads. <laughs> yeah, so it's a different time now. And it's, and it. and That's I like... why we're watching it with hindsight and going, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, like I said, the focus is on this woman offering her services. Yeah. Winkity wink. And also, yeah, lad match. So, yeah, things have changed. Mm. I still think Jeff Jarrett could be this character. Maybe not Jeff Jarrett, but someone who's like, he gets amnesia, maybe from a bin shop, maybe from some other means, or we get amnesia on TV nowadays, and come back as like 99 just suddenly criminally insane. Like, yeah, I mean, there is there is some perverse comedy value in somebody having Absolute, amnesia. The best type of comedy Going value. back to 1999, going up to someone like Shayna Baszler and saying, hey, let's see the puppies. Yeah. Just to have Baszler absolutely deck them. 
Like, uh, snap from, their face off. I thought I'd, uh, I have said it. Jamie Dundee line. He goes, I'm from the South where men are men and women are trained. You know, <laughs> if they had the guy come back and do that nowadays, that'd be fantastic. Oh, they just get if, it. As long as they know they're doing it. I, no, because you know what would happen if you did that? you get cheered. We're a weird bunch, are we, wrestling fans? We're a we weird are, bunch. especially the people listening to this fantastic podcast, which has come to its beautiful end. Thank you very much for doing so. Here's at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic. Don't forget to join us next week. I love you. Bye. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.